Hello, welcome back. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bonus episode here. This doesn't necessarily quite fit into our little sci-fi series we were doing on They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, a movie podcast, but uh, we're here anyway. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and I'm with my co-host, Daniel Harper. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. I have a cat who uh, is disturbing me, which is always great when we're about to record a live broadcast, but you know, that's how life goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so we're going to be doing a movie commentary. Uh, the reason we sort of decided upon this is our last episode was Alien Nation, and this is a movie that has a little bit in common with that film. So we, just 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 a, just a bit, just yeah, a bit. just a teeny bit. So we thought it'd be fun to compare and contrast and uh, just talk about it because it has been kind of a little bit of a sensation on Netflix anyway for a while right. now. Yeah, it, I think the moment kind of came and went on this, but uh, I saw it. It's absolutely atrocious, and thought, what what a better way to experience this uh, than to sit down with my buddy Lee and uh, talk through it rather than actually watching it. Yeah. Of course, the process of prepping for this means I have now seen this film three times. So uh, <laughs> you're welcome, Internet. You're welcome. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about uh, the David Iyer directed and um, Max Landis written Bright from 2017, the Netflix exclusive uh, starring Will Smith and uh, what, Joel Edgerton? Joel Edgerton, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And um, a movie that had, well, we'll get into it, but uh, we, we've, we've, we've got, got a- two hours to get into this. Um, yeah. I would like to say that uh, Max Landis has been incredibly accused by a number of people of really terrible things, and I just want to bring that up up front, and I don't intend to uh, reference it again, but apparently fuck that guy. So, you know. Well, I mean, and his dad killed Vic Morrow as well, So, and, and well, two young Vietnamese uh, children, so... From what I understand, his son is even worse than that. So yeah, you know. but basically, fucked their whole family. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we've got this queued up on Netflix, and that's that's the only place you can see it, uh, thankfully. And <laughs> <laughs> whatever you do, cancel your Netflix subscription, or they'll keep doing this to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, what we're gonna do is we're gonna count down and we're gonna press play on this motherfucker, and uh, you just follow along with us. And uh, me and Daniel and Daniel's cat are gonna commentate on this uh, this movie. We are, yeah. And yeah. don't worry, we're gonna get into all the nitty gritty details of how this thing fails utterly on almost every conceivable level. Yeah, we're we're kind of giving it away, you know, but. Yeah, <laughs> that I think Not that's to what spoil it or anything. But if you haven't seen this film, we don't like it very much. So. No. <laughs> uh, so all of you, put your little uh, hand symbol, hand hand symbol, over the play button on your Netflix uh, in whatever window you're in, and I will count down three, two, one, play. There we go. And there we go, and we got Netflix coming up with magic. Lightning. Yeah, there's a magic wand at Netflix. And that's how this movie got made, apparently. Yeah, $90 million was the reported <sighs> estimated budget for this. $90 million. Well, I will say it looks it looks pretty good. I mean, it, it's kind of awful in some ways, but like the technical credits are not really the issue with this film, as no. far as I'm concerned. You know? but, it's I mean, mostly on the script and conception and just everything else. Uh, okay, I will say something nice just at the beginning. I like this song. 
I like yeah. this. I like this opening sequence. Well, it, it sets a mood. Um, yeah. I mean, this this is trigger warning entertainment, by the way. That's pretty on the fucking nose. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. This is this is good song for the opening. It, it does set a mood to this really generic fucking uh, graffiti that I don't know. This is one of the problems I think we'll talk about with this film is that the whole backstory is so, I don't know, cut and paste, like the whole sort of mythology of this world. There, there's no there's no real writing in it. It's like it's so cut and paste, well, uninventive. The, the, the world building is complete. It completely fails its world building. And, uh-huh. uh, I mean, we can get into this in, in more detail, um, I guess, but... Uh, you could solve a lot of these problems by just not making it set in anything like a like a modern world, right. or by not setting it in like L.A. Just set it in Middle Earth in 2018, and a lot of this goes away because yeah. you can make up whatever history you need. But the fact that we've got you know like sort of Spanglish with orcs and elves and fairies. And dwarves are mentioned, although I don't think we see any dwarves in the film. Mm-hmm. We see uh, centaurs. Oh, do we see a centaur? I missed that. We do. There, there. We'll get to it. Centaur cop is something I need to talk about. Okay, okay. I've seen this three times and missed the centaur every time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but a fairly impressively produced opening sequence. Yeah. Um, feeding into uh, Will Smith doing his Will Smith thing. He's texting. He's playing the same fucking character he's played in about 20 movies. Well, and later on, he's going to sort of, like, bitch out as his uh, partner here mm-hmm. for uh, not watching what he was doing while he was buying a burrito. But Will Smith is not exactly, you know, 100% on his A-game either. No, yeah. he's texting somebody. Like, yeah. what the fuck is like, he doing? He's probably texting his wife, or, or he's playing yeah. Candy Crush or something. And, uh, like, why does, why does the orc just come out and shoot him? Like, um, Well, I, I will say I think there is... A, a good precedent for why that happened. It essentially, um, he being the first partner for the very first orc to ever be in the police force, that makes him a target for any oh, sort so of... Oh, so you think this is targeted? I you, think I mean, he is targeted. Uh, okay, I, I, I see. I was assuming it was just like the guy was robbing the store or something and uh, you know, it just runs out. I, I thought well, it was... Well, yeah, no, he, he's obviously not robbing the store because he walks slowly through the store and he's putting his hood up. So the, like, there's no oh. violence going on in the store. I think it's basically, he's, he's, he's basically a target because he's the first human paired up with an orc cop and it just makes him, you know, walking fucking bullseye. Okay. I, I'm going to, I'm going to just accept that. I don't, that only raises more questions than it answers. Mm. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll accept that that now makes sense. Um, yeah. And I hear I with the, with the wife character and uh, the yeah. clever banter over coffee. Um, I like this. And this actress is pretty good here. Um, mm. It's a shame. We don't see a little bit more of her. She gets there, this one scene. And yeah, that's there, there's a family story here that gets totally dropped. And from what I understand, that's because in previous, th- this is a kind of an addition later on in the draft process. Ah, uh, okay. And then they drop. Uh, see, later on, they're they're kind of like. I mean, originally he's supposed to be this kind of loner, sort of like James Con in oh, yeah. Alien Nation. And then they sort of give him the kind of clever family backstory. They're gonna give him this to make him more likable, I guess. And uh, then they just drop him because they have. There's no place for this in the film. 
There's well, no Smith, reason for this to be here. Will Smith's not grizzled enough to be the well, the the old loner. We're supposed to kind of think that Will Smith is sort of this like vaguely racist cop, right? Like against mm-hmm. orcs. And yet he gets this little scene that he does with his daughter here in a minute. Yep. Where he's like, you know, all the racists are just different. You see, no, no, nobody's better, nobody's worse. He's this sort of, you know, amiable, likable, middle American dude, you know, just kind of expressing generic, happy things about race. And yet yeah. he's, you know, clearly, you know, not in not a fan not a fan of either his you know kind of quote unquote gangsta neighbors who are about to yeah. see or I, certainly his his orc or the fairy or anything. I don't, I'd I don't, like to. I'd, I'd nothing, like to think nothing about this film makes any sense. Is no, what I'm, is what I'm getting. Like, I'd, I'd like to it, pretend there's character nuance and depth here, but it just feels like bad writing. It's it's totally bad writing because it doesn't do anything or go anywhere. It, yeah. it means nothing. Who is this guy? He's he's a collection of three completely different cop stereotypes in one yeah. character, and they're just sort of mashed together until they mean nothing. Um, I love his so so he's got this sort of like happy domesticity inside. He's literally mm-hmm. got like you know guys doing gangsta shit in the in the house next door to him. Yeah. He's about to just out and out murder this fairy. Um, <laughs> which are kind of like vermin. I mean, but it is, I mean, you know, if he was killing a rat or something at the beginning of the film, what does that yeah. say about him? You know? And I mean, just outright, like even the crowd is kind of like, Oh man, dude, that's, that's kind of harsh. Well, yeah, he's so, killing, he's killing something that looks like a sentient being like on yeah, top I mean, of everything. We kind of get the, like the fairy removal signs in the, in the yeah. um, telephone booths and that kind of thing earlier. So, I mean, you sort of get like, I kind of buy that fairies are not supposed to be like intelligent creatures, you know? Uh, but at the same time, they, they sort of portray them as that though, the way they move and the way they interact with the environment. Right. Yeah. I mean, another thing that doesn't make any particular sense. Um, yeah. I don't know. You see, you see so little. I mean, it's like it would work if it was supposed to be this moment where he's supposed to be cruel to these sort of like magical creatures or these fantasy creatures, and he has a bias against them, yeah. even while he is sort of like expressing uh, generic happy, you know, Benetton, you know, race relations to his daughter. Except, I, it just doesn't go anywhere. No. I will say if there's one performance I really like in the film, it's Joel Edgerton as uh, Jacoby. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, I, he, he does that same thing that Mandy Patinkin did to a certain degree here, where he's playing that sort of nebbish, nerdish kind of straight partner character, and he does it right. pretty much perfection, I'd say. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a really nice performance. He's probably the only character who really gets, like, an actual sort of gravitas to him at all. Yeah. I think that's almost entirely due to his performance. Um, I think he's completely not served by the script, and that's partly because you get little hints later on that he was raised by humans, and that's why he's such a giant dork. Yeah. And that's why he's unblooded, you know? And I really like the idea that, you know, the orcs in this universe are supposed to be, you know, kind of these... I mean, A, we've got the actual African-American gangsters, and I hate kind of keep saying that, but the film doesn't treat them as anything else than that, so I'm just going to make that as makes no sense in the context of this world either. Exactly. Because like, so we've got 
both African-American gangsters and then, like, the orcs are kind of later on be, like, clans. And they have, and it's not that you can't have two different kind of separate gangs, but, again, the world building makes no sense. It doesn't come from anywhere. It's not saying anything. It's just sort of like putting orcs in, you know, stereotypically African-American clothes and going, like, aren't we edgy? I mean, it's just ridiculously bad. Um, The little girl is about to leave the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is all we see. So we get we get the one scene where um, Will Smith gets to be nice. Yeah, I think I, she, I think, I think she shows up again at the end in the crowd when oh, her, yeah, her, and, her wife and, and his wife are like applauding them when they get the medals and shit. But right, the uh, complete lack of characterization of any kind of female character in the film is going to uh, not come back to bite us at all. No, no, despite no. having some really talented people in the film. Yeah, um, yeah, we're 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 not we're not at all gonna gonna suffer from that problem. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I kind of feel like I mean it's sort of one of those fundamental things that Will Smith is miscast here. Yeah, like, not that I don't think he could have done the kind of harder edged version of this character, but clearly he's just kind of coasting on charm here and kind of doing the generic Will Smith thing. And I feel like almost any other actor would kind of give this a different vibe. It's just weird that Will Smith is in this. How much of this ninety million do you think was his paycheck? I mean, Will Smith makes what twenty twenty five million a picture these days. That's that's what I was speculating earlier with a friend of mine. We were thinking like most lead male actors in Hollywood at these days. It seems like twenty millions kind of the kind of the uh, standard. Yeah, I'd, I'd say. So he and this is Netflix. So the. Uh, advertising budget definitely wasn't the same as like a theatrical release. So you can't like look at this and go $90 million for the movie, double that for the fucking advertising. This is probably like legit, maybe like a hundred million dollar movie at the most or something like that. Right. It's, it's one of those, like uh, it's hard to, it's hard to judge the economics of this just because it is a kind of completely different model. Mm -hmm. The whole thing that Netflix is trying to do is to just, keep people from canceling their Netflix subscription, you know? Yeah. Um, and so this is really just designed to kind of be, Hey, you got two hours with the pleasure out of this. Give us another $10 for another month, you know? And that's, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Um, so, so it's difficult to kind of draw out exactly how many people, you know, would have, um, apparently a whole bunch of people watched this in the first uh, few days after release. Um, you know, which would be equivalent to some kind of big budget movie. But I mean, I don't know. It's a, the film is exciting in terms of like, if we are going to get kind of big budgets and big stars and kind of big ideas um, executed um, on these kind of video demand platforms. Uh, I mean, it could be kind of a sea change in just how we see kind of straight to video movies or kind of straight yeah. movies. Um, but I mean, it's kind of hard to see in this sequence. Um which again is well acted by the. I mean, if we're, if we're just going for kind of like funny buddy cop stuff, this is pretty funny buddy cop stuff. Um, it's, it doesn't it's kinda, really fit into the characters at all. But it's like, kinda, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of well acted, but for the most of the scene, you don't see the uh, you don't see Joel Joel Edgerton's character actually driving the car, and I don't see him look at the road nearly enough. <laughs> they, they should have crashed five times by now. Yes. Well, you know, that's another issue, of course. But yeah. uh, <laughs> no, what I was going to say is like, uh, particularly when we get kind of later on into the the, uh, the kind of the darker, I mean, just uh, physically darker sequences mm-hmm. um, with a lot of the lighting uh, and such, uh, 
really doesn't work as well on the small screen as it would on a theatrical experience. Yeah. So I think that is kind of one of those things that uh, we, you know, directors, I would like to see people making this sort of thing for the video on demand market kind of have a a little bit better handle on is what exactly, you know, is going to be the viewing experience. Um, So so here we have the elves who are all basically coded as Aryan. they're, 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 They're coded as like, you know the Kardashians and the Hiltons yeah. or whatever. Like it's it's supposed to be like not only like are they rich, but they're you know particularly kind of you know kind of foppish rich. Like these are these are the people on like we've we've entered Bravo the the neighborhood you know, the Bravo <laughs> you know tele, uh, television channel. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, you know. I'm 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 kind of wondering though uh, if you if you like take the mythology of this film seriously. The backstory. Okay, the Dark Lord. The Dark Lord is obviously a fucking elf. Yet, the racism in this film is totally projected on the orcs who actually turned their backs on the Dark Lord, according to the story, and helped defeat him. So shouldn't the racism actually be directed at the elves in this film? Well, no, I I think I'm... And this is where, like, I think the mythology is not, despite the fact that we're we're kind of get like a scene here that's going to try to explain it. I have a completely different vision of the history of the uh, this world, where right. the Dark Lord comes. The Dark Lord is an elf. I, I, I'm with you there, but it was like the orcs uh, sided with uh, the Dark Lord, except for this one guy, Jarak. Mm-hmm. And Jarak is sort of like this sort of Christ figure who kind of comes out of nowhere and, uh, you know, helps defeat the Dark Lord. So he's like the one good orc, and therefore all orcs are are suspect because they sided with the Dark Lord 2,000 years ago. And this is clearly the way that actual people in the real world consider their history and their sort of racist ideas is, (laughs) you know... I mean... It's so weird. I mean, even the line, you get this line where it's like, you know, once with the Dark Lord, always with the Dark Lord. And that's not the way that people talk. No. Like that just, even in the sort of, you know, fantasy vernacular, this doesn't really make any sense. Especially well, since we never hear anybody else say that. It's a, well, uh, yeah. I, I kind of like the way he delivers the line. You know, he, he kind of is given this impossible line and then he sort of does the, I'm going to be the bat, the tough guy in an 80s cop movie delivery yeah. of it. It like I, I it's memorable. I like this I like this performance just because it's over the top in the way that it has to be in order to make any kind of coherent sense. Mm. But still, again, nothing makes any sense in this movie. Ever. Yeah. And and that asshole cop was in Mad TV. That's where I remember him from. <laughs> nice. And we're about to see Margaret Chow as well. Margaret like, shows just, in this? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, show just out of nowhere. Like <laughs> Yeah, uh, she's good in it. She's got nothing to do. She's gonna die yeah. later on. Spoiler alert. Um, I okay. Also, the uh, the actress who's sort of the I guess the sergeant, um, yeah. the Hispanic woman. She's uh, in a bunch of stuff. Um, she's in Jane the Virgin, which we've been watching in this house uh, the last uh, couple of days, and she's uh, very charming and funny and clever and uh, gorgeous. And uh, again. She has nothing to do, and she's going to die later. So, yeah. Um, even the idea that Jacoby is the first orc cop is something that okay. So, 
do you get the impression that Jacoby? So by your read, you know, the guy, the orc shoots Will Smith's character because like he it was a targeted thing. So maybe they hadn't been cops together for very long. Right. Okay. Like that, like it's, it's obviously there is a PR thing behind this. Like same thing with alienation. It's like, um, first pairing of human and newcomer. So it's same right. here, first pairing of human and orc as cops. And I mean, that would, I, I guess the idea is that it would incite, uh, the gangsta, fucking orcs to go after them to make them a target because it'd be like an affront to their way of life because they're all about clan uh politics and if if you aren't blooded or whatever you're an outsider and their their whole point they're trying to make is that don't don't leave the clans be be a blooded orc and don't be one of these right. yeah i mean i guess the film doesn't sell that at all though like it doesn't. Yeah. It, we don't get any sense of, you know, that there are any. I mean, you get uh, Jacoby, who's mm-hmm. sort of sweet guy, who again it's kind of implied that he's raised by humans, which goes nowhere, and it's literally like one line of dialogue when they're like beating the shit out of him later on, right before he dies against yeah. Bullet Alert. Um, and then all the other orcs talk like these guys, right? Yeah. So like you sort of get the sense that. I don't know. It's it's trying to do. It's trying to. I, I like to think of like Worf from. Uh, I was Star Trek I was going to mention right? that yeah. earlier. Yeah, it's so that same idea, but it doesn't sort of sell the reality of it because we don't get any kind of history. We don't get any backstory. We don't get any concept of like what this means to anybody except for like they're just sort of prejudiced against. Jacoby because he's an orc because the orcs did this thing 2000 years ago yeah. and I mean I guess where I'm landing is you know it seems like Jacoby is actually kind of a really like newbie bad cop right mm-hmm. like he's kind of he doesn't know how to shoot his gun <laughs> he's really hesitant I mean he seems like he's just kind of like you know kind of you know jumped up from writing traffic tickets or whatever but we don't even see like work cops doing that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's sort of, it's so context free and it's so divorced from anything that would sell it as a real thing that it's hard to even, it's well, hard to even get my, my, my brain around what it's really trying to do here. It just feels so superficial. It is because none of this makes fucking sense because obviously this dark lord shit happened 2000 2000 years ago and man and orc has been living alongside each other since then and he's you're telling me he's the first orc cop at the, at this point like in 2017 he's the first fucking orc cop like you're you're well, trying I to mean, sell there there's centaur cop by the way Oh I missed it again but you know <laughs> Jesus was he Christ. holding a club was he holding a club? Was he the I guy kind of standing I, I, in the background? I don't recall. But he, was, he was just kind of casually okay. trotting around. Okay, so we had one centaur cop, and I, I completely <laughs> missed. It. So that's. But yeah, it's like it makes my no fourth sense. time through, and I missed this, the that probably very expensive special effect. Um, you know, and, and here we go where we sum up that you know racism against Latinos that that's kind of over with. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, 
I mean, I, I've watched this. Uh, I don't know if you watched it yet. The uh, the Lindsay Ellis video, Bright Bad. Yes. I've watched a couple of times. And this one of the things I would kind of uh, quibble with that video for, which I would recommend to people, and I'm, I'm cribbing a bit from that. I'm trying not to just repeat everything that she says because she's mm-hmm. largely accurate. But the, you know, Mexicans don't get shit for the Alamo thing, which uh, she puts a lot of emphasis on. I'm not sure that's quite true. I think Mexicans probably do get shit for the Alamo, but I don't think it's like the Alamo as much as, you know, you're different from us. And that's kind of where the racism comes from. And like you're the Alamo is an excuse. Right. I mean, and that's and that's kind of the way that like racism works in the real Mm -hmm. world. It's not. Yeah, it was not like, oh, I have this sort of like actual legitimate beef. It's like, I don't like you because you're different and I think you're dirty and disgusting. And therefore, I'm going to sort of justify that with some bit from our history or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's and, it's such a kind of marker of class and, uh, you know, xenophobia yeah. much more than it is. And these things come from history. They come from, you know, being divided along kind of social and class lines and mm-hmm. you know and that's why like if this film just wasn't about race like if it wasn't trying to say something quote unquote about race i think i could kind of just give it a lot more of a pass yeah but i feel like this is a film that thinks it's trying to be kind of edgy and really kind of get at something about like our actual world and the fact that it's so divorced from any kind of reality is what makes it so such an abysmal failure right yeah by the way i really love this character this bum with the sword um and and i think honestly i have this i have this alternate take where uh there's a much better movie revolving around him where he is just a mentally ill person on the street who is hallucinating this entire fantasy world so he thinks (laughs) there are there are orcs and that there are elves with magic and a dark lord's coming and it's all from his point of view yeah, no, uh, that's a that's a much better movie. I, it would be, uh, you know, at the end of like movie three or whatever, if we just kind of wake up with him in a psych ward, and it's you know, Fisher. it turns out everything is fine. Yeah, it's essentially Robert William, uh, Robin Williams in uh, Fisher King. Like he's he, he's hallucinating all this shit. Like like you know, he's mentally ill, and so that kind of helps explain away how basic and just sort of stale this whole fantasy world is if, if that's how they end the series i will uh i will give them some respect I'll just, <laughs> I'll, i don't think that's going to happen um, no. talking about this guy i mean i think it is worth uh mentioning this uh guy who's a member of the uh this sort of uh doomsday cult or lighter or, or, the of light or whatever it's called yeah. so this character again makes makes absolutely no logical sense because he's one, he's what presented to him is just sort of like, oh, he's some crazy homeless guy or whatever, right? Right. Swinging a sword around, and so we got to bring him in. And then, like, the magic feds show up, and it turns out he's got this, uh, you know, he's part of this prophecy. But he also like whispers to J- to Jacoby. Hey, you know the dude you're with is like special or whatever. Jacoby mm-hmm. just kind of like clearly thinks there's something to it, but then also is on the you know I'm not going to tell my partner about this, which maybe yeah. that's some information you could have shared with your buddy there, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you were taking this remotely seriously, um, there's a clear lack of communication going on between these people. But like, so did this character? 
was he setting up so he would get caught by these cops so that he could give this information to Jacoby? Or, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, it's just sort of like, and we get, he ends up being kind of an expository device for like the way that magic works in this world. Right. Like in a few minutes. And then again, leaves the film. He's just gone. There's, yeah. there's no, he's done. Um, he's just dropped. <laughs> I love the multiracial element of this film and that like everyone on screen here is non-white, which mm-hmm. is great when then they end up being like deeply, deeply racist. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a, a great way to like put your like racist ideology in a film in the um, mouths of a multi-ethnic group of people yeah. of which none of them are white. You know? so, so, so thinly veiled trying to make an excuse for it. It's like, Jesus Christ. And, and of course the, the line like, it's not racism, it's just physics. Yeah. Um, although yeah. one of the things that, I mean, we do see uh, earlier on something we missed because, you know, it is a, a commentary track. And of course you missed things on a commentary track. You know, the orc is lifting a car earlier so mm-hmm. that the, the little orc can get a basketball out from underneath it or something. Um, and uh, which is fine, except you never see any orc express that kind of strength. And you never see no. anyone else sort of with any kind of idea that orcs can be that strong. Like later on, Jacoby is kind of like in a, in a, like a confrontation with uh, Ward and yeah. uh, you know, Ward's kind of got a gun on him and there's no sense that like Jacoby could rip this guy could rip his arms off if he's as strong or nearly as strong as the other orc that we saw. Yeah. Earlier, right. You know, there's even a line here like half the linebackers in the NFL are orcs. Well, if the orcs are that strong, fucking all of them are going to be orcs. You know? Yeah. It's not, you know, this isn't like, oh, orcs are as strong as if they weigh like 350 pounds and they work out all the time. It's like, no, orcs are like superhumanly strong. It's one like shot in a movie that implies this huge like sort of backstory and this huge, you know, sort of conception that then is in no way executed on screen. Um, except yeah. for in like one of the action scenes where uh, Jacoby has the incredible ability to have his head smashed through uh, a whole <laughs> lot of a convenience store, um, yeah. I, you know, and that's that's really the only thing we get. Um, uh, I love this guy with the beard, by the way. I yeah, love that. I love he, that. Actor. He's essentially uh, John Goodman. Yeah, <laughs> it's like John he, Goodman. It's John Goodman hanging out with Legolas. That's what this. Uh, yeah, magic he, he's he's hanging out with uh, bad cosplay Legolas. Yeah, and, <laughs> and again, not to wouldn't that be a more interesting angle for the movie than the one it that would we be. have? That would be it would be the Men in Black angle to this, right? I mean, idea, right? but why why are we following these two guys? I mean, why do we have Will Smith in this movie at all? It could just be Jacoby, uh, B cop runs into a crazy guy with a sword. Yep, puts crazy guy with the sword in the back of his car, then has to go and do the uh, the other call that they're about to do. Uh, on the way, and then they're kind of chased by the magic feds. You don't See, need Will Smith. Yeah, you know, it's much better if that mythology, uh, the whole background mythology of this was like largely forgotten because it's been 2,000 years, so it's kind of treated like Christianity is to a certain degree. Or it's just, you know, uh, that's all bullshit. But then this guy with the sword shows up, and then all of a sudden there's maybe there's some credence to all this stuff from 2,000 years ago. And then all of a sudden the men in black or, you know, the Whatever the fuck they're called, the magic which is the feds. The I mean, magic they actually fed. call themselves the magic feds, but yeah, there's a, another there's dumb, a, you know, the the office of magic and development. Yeah, another dumb yeah. generic name. Uh, they show up all of a sudden, and then you've got your sort of men in black hybrid with this, which I think sounds like a much better movie. 
at least a less generic movie. I mean, it, yeah. is, it is trying to do the kind of generic 80s movie, uh, you know, kind of cop movie structure and then kind of hanging this world building on top of it. But neither the world building or the, uh, <laughs> the, the plot really work. Um, and I love there's like there are like interviews or, you know, where like Max Landis is like sitting there like writing it and they're kind of watching it come together and like, man, this is like the new Star Wars. And it's like, oh, God, you shut up. What a dumbass. The Magic Task Force. That's what they're called. Man, he he wrote Chronicle and people have been giving him a fucking pass now for years since he wrote Chronicle for some fucking reason. Chronicle. I like Chronicle. I haven't revisited. I saw it in theaters when it was new. Mm-hmm. I, it's probably worth a revisit at some point. I remember liking it, having some issues with it, but liking it overall. But man, this is shit. Yeah. So we get the <laughs> they're elves, the Infernier elves, and then the mm-hmm. elf is the elf, the elf magic fed dude is like they're renegade elves. They're not real elves, right? Yeah. So even even then, we have to like differentiate between you know an actual criticism of like structures of power. To like, oh, they're renegades, so clearly they're the bad people, you know. Yeah, but it's like, man, they—you don't get a sense of that because they gave you a whole sequence where they walk into Elf Town and like everyone looks like rich assholes. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, right. I'm not going to like them either way. <laughs> I mean, in the, but there's a hint of something, you know. Like, even even if this guy, you know, the you know the homeless, you know, guy, like this this. Brotherhood of Light or whatever it's called, if they if this was more present in the film, you know, this mm-hmm. could this could be a thread we keep following and sort of like this could be something interesting that maybe could lead somewhere. But instead, like literally this guy is about to leave the movie. Again, we, we mm-hmm. get like kind of one good scene. I like this performance. I, I you know, I, I think he's doing a, a good job here. He's selling what he has to sell. I I mean I like the dynamic between these three characters. I think it's it's working on the level in which it's supposed to work. It's a little it's a little overwritten and a little underwritten in in different ways, yeah. but it basically works on screen. Um, and there are lots of little bits of this film that basically work. You know, as far as as long as you don't think about it for more than thirty seconds, you're fine. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what this whole thing is. You're gonna need magic to beat the Dark Lord. You can't beat him with tanks, or you know. We know that nuclear weapons exist in this world because there's a (laughs) mention of nuclear weapons later. So I think a nuke would do something against the Dark Lord. There, there, there's just no, there's just no logic for how this world could exist when you have fantasy creatures living with men for two thousand years. It just there's also no, and this is something I was thinking about just uh, earlier as I was rewatching. Uh, there's no sense of sort of what the limits of magic are, or sort of the mm-hmm. way it works. I mean, we get a magic wand later, and I mean, you know, it is it's presented as like this is a like a nuclear bomb that grants wishes, right? Yeah, and only like a tiny percentage of human beings can use one, and you know, like it's a you know apparently a whole bunch of elves can some you know, some larger percentage, but still like not everyone could just use it, but it's still this immensely valuable thing. Apparently the Inferni need three of them in order to bring back the Dark Lord. So even like one is immensely rare and valuable, right? Um, yeah. And then we meet Tika who, you know, when we first kind of see the wand, she's like, she accidentally blows up a car with one uh, <laughs> just by touching it. So 
the wand has sort of intrinsic powers of its own. And uh, she's supposed to be like completely untrained, but apparently one of the like first few spells you learn is how to bring people back from the dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently that's, uh, you know, like physics 101, you learn, uh, you know, inclined planes and, you know, pulleys and, you know, then also like high level quantum mechanics. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know all, it's all kind of the same thing, you know, um, a little, a little bit of levitation, a little bit of necromancy, you know, you just, yeah, just yeah, no. mix it all in. Yeah, just just throw it all together. It's fine. Um, but, you know, we see so little of magic in this world. And what we do mm-hmm. see, again, it's sort of inherently self-contradictory. I mean, why is this guy shooting at them? I, so I don't let's, know. Let's think through this, right? Like, Because we're about to walk into this scene. Uh, first of all, they're going to they're gonna kill this guy. Okay, he's shooting at him, whatever. Um, you get this little shootout. Okay, they're about to walk in. And it turns out we learn, like the girl has just gone through and like killed a whole bunch of people in horrible ways. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why does this guy, why is this guy shooting at the cops? Yeah. It's like, like the cops are here to help. <laughs> well, and maybe he like the idea that he's trying to, there's probably something really interesting written on the wall there, but we don't get a shot of it. No. So that's why, you know, why, why observe this production design? Um, this whole like sequence of them walking through the hallway. I bet this looked pretty nice on a big screen. Um, yeah, but it's kind of lost on the uh, on the on the home viewing experience. It's too dark but, and cramped. So we know that they're like they're like stockpiling weapons. Like this is some like gang hangout sort of thing for. Uh, like it's never really explained. We never really get a sense of exactly what's going on here. But there's just a bunch of like you know decimated bodies, and mm-hmm. you know war like twigs immediately to oh there's a magic user there's a bright around and we've got to you know call the feds in. But I just don't get why <laughs> I don't get what's going on here at all. No. <laughs> I just don't understand why any of this is happening. <laughs> no, it's it's just generic action scene. And it was totally constructed so you could have that moment outside where they're hiding behind the the fucking van and they can uh they can trade clips and, and it's a pretty good you know, how are your holes? How do you make a shootout awkward? Yeah, like that's a that's a pretty good line. I'm not. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it like a little bit of credit there. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's you know those lines make more sense when they're actually like informing character and moving plot forward, as opposed to just sort of being a one the one peanut in the pile of shit. Yeah, possible magic user that looks like fucking. <laughs> you think there might be a magic user? Yeah. Around? Because you know, <laughs> we have a magic user creating heavy metal art. Yeah, metal, uh, heavy metal cover <laughs> art. <laughs> um, we get our first hint of the elves as being uh, acrobatically inclined, mm-hmm. which I don't know if we're supposed to sort of imply that this, that they are sort of just genetically able to do this, or if uh, the Inferni are like that's part of their training, right? Yeah. Because the only ones we really see like doing that level of stuff are the Inferni, but they're the only elves we really spend any time with anyway. So, yeah. Um, and she has uh, some skills, but she's not supposed to be. You know, she's supposed to be kind of new to this. So I don't know. Yeah. So, it's a magic wand. We've got yeah. So she just used a magic wand, so they know she's a bright now. Yeah. Like. 
So but, you know, later they, they on, have to when, they have to take like they, 15, 20 minutes to let us know about this. No, they take they take like a full hour before like they <laughs> actually then justify like, oh, she's she's actually a bright. You know, like yeah. they actually inform the audience, like, oh, it turns out that that girl who used a magic wand the first three minutes we saw her, it turned out she can actually use a magic wand. And again, it's sort of one of those things where they decided they wanted to do this like little nifty scene where they demonstrate what the wand can do and then forgot about that in the scripts. Like, like that might have implications for the rest of the script, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, if they just discovered her and they found the wand or whatever but she hadn't used it, you could kind of suspend disbelief, even though clearly she's the one who did all the stuff inside there, which nobody now cares. Mm-hmm. Like nobody in this scene care about anything that has happened to anybody else in the building because now there's a magic wand. And uh, why are these four cops the one that show up? Like, you don't get like a giant team of cops that show up? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess like he called... I, there's like dispatch that makes sure this shit doesn't happen. Like, I don't understand why this is happening. <laughs> no, makes no sense. It's a nifty little visual effect, and I like yeah. that he says it's cold. I think that's a that's a neat because he got this yeah. giant glove on. So I kind of I kind of buy that. You know, it's a nice, it's a neat little moment. Max Landis sold the script for three point five million dollars. Well, Max Landis made more money than I will make in my lifetime yeah. on wiping his ass on the alienation script, essentially. Yeah. You know. So, hey, why not? Jacoby speaks a little bit of Elvish because he yeah. took uh, two years of it in, in high school. <laughs> uh, which, I honestly... I like that detail. I like that. I like the fact that he's like, he speaks a little elf. Like he's much smarter in some ways than Ward is, even though he's uh, like clearly not as competent as a, as a police officer yeah. and should not be doing the job he is. He's also like, he's definitely trying harder and you definitely get a, a sense of his backstory and like kind of who he is that he like, Oh yeah, I'm going to take some Elvish even though I'm an orc because I want to, you know, make better myself in life or whatever, yeah, you know, he, he's clearly not cut out to be LAPD cause he's not corrupt and a piece of shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, that's that, that does not have any connection to the real world whatsoever. No, not at all. Go back and listen to our LA confidential episode for more details. On yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did the Rodney King riots happen in this universe. Did, there is uh, did, there is graffiti showing a Rodney King incident with an el- uh, with an orc on the ground being beaten. Okay. Well, so Rodney King was an orc in this universe. So yeah. So again, it's uh, like yeah. At, at least with you know alienation, they they kind of made the the newcomers. Uh, like we mentioned in the episode, they sort of made them a blank slate where you could insert a bunch of different kind of things into them so they weren't necessarily just clearly one race but the orcs here are clearly basically just like dark skin latino black you know whatever they're, they're sort of they're just generic gangsters like low yeah. class you know violent thugs i mean they're 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 fantasy klingons essentially yeah and i mean you know and I, and I don't think there's any more detail to it than that except just they're you know, 
I mean, wasn't wasn't she supposed to be going to work? She was like wearing her scrubs earlier, and now she's kind of out. Like she's I don't know. I, another thing that I don't know why that happens, but okay, that's fine. They just have to now, remind you that he has a wife, I guess. Yeah, well, he has to he has to call her. He has to. So having given him a wife and a child, like like lethal weapon, like we set up Danny Glover's family because they're mm-hmm. going to threaten them at the end of the film. You know, that's that's kind of why they're there, yeah. or one of the reasons why they're there. It's kind of it's more complicated than that, but. Here it seems like they might have tried to do that here, except that would have meant like setting up and paying off something, and they didn't want to do that. They just wanted to. We don't. We don't want you to think they're in any danger. So um, let's just send them and go to your mom's house, and you'll be safe there. Because clearly, the bad guys, these elves, these magical beings, are not going to be able to kind of go after you at all if you go to your mom's. Or get out of town. He doesn't. He just says get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> Drive to San Diego, sweetie, on three minutes' notice. That's the. That's all we got. Um, all these characters. I mean, you know, the bad. Honestly, we get this Latino gang here in a minute, and yep. I kind of think that the four cops chasing after Jacoby and Ward would be a better plot line. Like it would yeah. make more sense. Than... Well, the Latino the Latino gang makes no goddamn sense because everybody in this world knows touching a wand and if you're not a bright, you're dead. Why would any of the fucking Latino gang even risk trying to touch the wand? I kind of, I mean, I get that like they've got the they're the street gang. They've got this guy who's in a wheelchair who's got you know like I, I guess he's like a yeah. shootout victim or whatever you know, and he's just kind of seeking it out irrationally. But it, it goes on forever. We're going to spend 30 minutes of this film just kind of following this, what's essentially an extended chase sequence between this yeah. Latino gang and uh, our two leads here. The thing is that like we now have to set them up and pay them off when we've already sort of set up these four cops, right? Yeah. Like the dirty cops chasing after the like decent cops for like the MacGuffin. That's a fairly generic plot, but it's at least it's a plot that we wouldn't have to then re-explain again, right? <laughs> you know? Like yeah. all you have to do is have Ward and Jacoby decide to run here. That's it. And now you can have the other four like chasing them down. And you can have the entire like LAPD after them, which even like raises the stakes further and can justify all kinds of like questions about like police brutality and, you know, police force and, you know, sort of the politics of it. No, 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 let's not do that because we need to have some um, Latino gangsters in this film uh, because we're talking about race here, you know? Yeah. And you have to be, you know, you have to be inclusive. (laughs) You have to have all the, you have to have all the minorities. You have to have all the brown bad guys in this film, you know, because we're, we're talking about, race and orcs uh i think the slow motion sequence is like overproduced and it doesn't really look that good well and here's the thing it's like who gives a fuck like he's <laughs> killing a bunch of dirty cops there's no there's no like emotional weight to this or anything it's just like he's killing a bunch of dirty cops right and it's not like he we we thought that's something he wouldn't have done at the beginning of the film or something it's not like he was, he's made he was, a decision. He, was he was ready to shoot jacoby like two minutes ago Right. I mean, shooting Jacoby at least would have been like, oh, this is my partner and, you know, like, whatever. And Jacoby knows nothing. Like, Jacoby is just... Jacoby proves he's actually a decent cop here. I mean, for Mm -hmm. all the issues that we can have with, like, police uh, 
you know, the existence of a police force yeah. and, you know, um, whatever. I don't really want to get into that. This film doesn't deserve that conversation. Um, <laughs> hopefully we'll do some 80s cop movies uh, here in the future and we will get yeah. into the conversation about what the cops actually do for a living. But Jacoby proves himself for within the world of like what a quote unquote good cop should be. He's absolutely doing the right thing here. Right. Yeah. You know? And again, Will Smith, you, your arms can be ripped off by this guy. But you yeah. know, stand like th- this confrontation. Like Will Smith is way, way too calm throughout this entire sequence. Yeah. But he actually calls in for backup. Man, I mean, if he just hadn't called in for backup, then maybe you know <laughs> things could have been a little different. They could have just gotten away with the wand. I mean, he even called like Will Smith even called in earlier. With like saying there's an impossible magic user on site, so the magic feds should already be here. Yeah, this shouldn't be something they're being chased. I don't like. I'm sorry. I just keep thinking of new things that don't make sense. <laughs> and... <laughs> here we go. Fucking let's see your game. All right. So I'm gonna time this. We are at there's one twelve nineteen left in the film. So mm-hmm. let's let's see how long it is before we get to the titty bar gunfight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna time this, <laughs> uh, which is another one of the like decent lines in the film that makes no sense. But you know, yeah. I mean, I guess this does sort of justify the idea that wands are sort of inherently so valuable that like the existence of one in this poor neighborhood would justify any like lengths to go after it, right? Like that it's, yeah. it's such it's such a major thing because like I don't even think that it's necessarily like you know uh, what's his name poison I think is the guy poison name? yeah I think that even um, I mean he kind of says he wants to be healed by it but even just like whatever I mean it's it's got to be worth like a million dollars or something right. to the right person so I mean just as like an artifact that's worth selling it doesn't even have to be you know like. I mean, again, it is sort of just a MacGuffin for most of the film. It doesn't matter what it is. It could just be some amulet that's worth a lot or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, kind of at the end, we sort of, like, learn what the title means. Spoiler alert. Will Smith is a bright. <laughs> Wait for part two. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, oh, God. Part two is going to be, you know, bright two, Harry Potter. There's no depth to this at all to justify a part two. Fuck. And we're going to have to do part two. Now that we've done this for part one, I think we're going to have to do this for two. Um, This action scene is... I mean, the alienation action scenes were generic, but they were made in 1988 and directed by somebody who was a TV director. I mean, let's be frank about that, right? Um, This has a much higher budget has much higher production value and looks just as bad, if not worse than the, uh, the car chase sequences in alien nation. You still there? Yeah. I I don't, I don't know if I'd say this is, as bad as alienation it's it's got kind of a 
slick veneer to it compared right. to and I, I mean, mean this is this is David Ayer. He he did uh Street Kings, End of Watch and uh yeah. and Sabotage. I, I mean he knows how of, to shoot this stuff. It's sort of technically well executed, but I just don't care. Like I don't get any sense I, of sort of no, like a flow to the scene or anything. Yeah, it's I, just sort of like they've got the budget to like beat up a car. They've got, you know, sort of they can they can they can do lots of camera angles. I mean, they've got it, it's high, it's more production value, but it's yeah, it's, it's just sort of mayhem. It, that, it's it's flashier than alienation, but I mean, the the viewer apathy is still there as far as watching it. You know, it's like right. eh, whatever. It's just like you've set up this world with uh, you know magic and elves and uh, you know, and we're doing a generic chase scene, car chase yeah. scene, uh, because. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> mm, it, it, and yeah. again, it's too dark and it's yeah. kind of hard to kind of see anything that's going on. It's also like cut to shit where it's, uh, it's kind of that modern editing where everything is uh, super, super fast. Yeah. There's like 8,000 shots in a scene. Yeah. <laughs> Hell she's and, saying. Oh, and now, okay. So the one should have just gone through the, back of the car and then we just mm-hmm. kind of keep driving right yeah like there's no way that that mesh on the inside of the cop car is nearly strong enough to withhold <laughs> the force of that crash right i mean yeah but i mean then you don't and get everyone in that car just died yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that cgi looked like shit yeah Again, love this bearded guy. One, just visually, one of my favorite characters here. I just he's, love that he's. It's know. another. It's another character I'd rather follow throughout the entire yeah. movie. Like him and the bum. Yeah, that, that him, sounds like a better buddy movie than this. Yeah, yeah. Well, even like the even like the kind of the the magic fed elf there. They have a nice little yeah. dynamic, and I just love watching him like poke around at his phone and kind of like, you know, he kind of he's like this beefy like linebacker kind of guy, and he's kind of like this kind of gentle giant. I don't know. I just. He's much more interesting. He's just he's just visually like he's more fun to look at. He looks like the love child of John Goodman and Seth Rogen. Oh yeah. Go there. Uh <laughs> Numi Rapace, I think that's her name. Uh, uh I think she has about four lines in the film. <laughs> yeah. Magic elf whatever. Yeah. So apparently this woman's name is Lorica. And uh, mm. the traitor escaped. So the Lika, I think, is the the other elf's name. Like she's supposed to have done this, right? Like that's yeah. what we're okay. So <laughs> this is one of the things you learn if you're just a beginner, you know. In, in, yeah. So she's not magic the magic elf. You know. She's not the in the uh, you immediately get that she's not the innocent little uh, uh, elf girl who's trying to escape or whatever. Like she just fucked up like this whole place. And I mean the the only way that it would sort of make sense as written would be if she had come in with like some other people, right? And had sort of bodies on both sides, right? And she yeah. was just kind of the last survivor. Like, I, and I think that that's what that's certainly the way I sort of took it on a first watch. Mm-hmm. But then kind of later on, you kind of get like, no, she's kind of a lone wolf doing this. And, and that's again, it's first... just one of, those, one of those like, 
it just doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test. It's just no. fundamentally that's and there, there's a dragon. There, there's dragons in this oh, world. Yeah, that have been two thousand years. Yep. Why? And, why? Uh, why? Here's here's a question. Why do all the buildings look like the exact same buildings in L.A. when you have dragons flying around? Well, they just had to be dragon rated. You know, that you just put <sighs> you put your anti dragon lightning rod on top. Um, I wonder are, how much fire insurance costs in a world with dragons. Yeah, like are, are are dragons not pests? Are they domesticated? What the fuck? Like it, it's just mm-hmm. a visual thing they throw in there to like, oh, isn't that cute? No, fuck you. I I, I want to know what the context is in this world. And I love I love that Will Smith's Ward is his name. Will Smith's character knows nothing about anything until no. it's explained to him by a smarter character. Like Jacoby not a great cop. I mean, maybe he's supposed to be a rookie, whatever. Um, but also way more knowledgeable about everything else in the, in life than Ward is. Yeah. Uh, you know, a binding spell. What's a binding spell? Like you never studied. You just copied off my homework. I just, I love. <laughs> <laughs> there is the sense like Will Smith is just like I, he's just dumb. He he's just been, completely. He like, must have been homeschooled or something. Is what it yeah. was. But it does kind of like, what are we, Yeah, like it, it would work in this world where like maybe magic is supposed to be something that's like so incredibly rare that, you know, normal people have just never seen it before. And maybe that's kind of what we're supposed to get. And so uh, mm. I don't know why they kill this family. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because they're, they're evil. They're supposed because to be the bad evil. guys. They kill the baby. They kill, yeah. they kill the adorable little baby because we're elves and we're evil. That's, that's the thing. I mean, I guess if magic is supposed to be so rare that like nobody's ever seen it, and so the idea is that uh, you know people just don't pay attention to it. It's just some thing that we know that is would, real, but uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, the idea of the uh, magic agency or whatever being like a men in black thing definitely would make a lot more sense if they sort of purported things like that. But it they they build a world where it seems like magic is something everybody knows is is around. I cannot think of the the like the magic feds as being less men in black and more like like the cyber crimes unit, right? Yeah, like, you know, we kind of come in to investigate like these or like you know they're they're you know the, you know we we have higher jurisdiction because we're looking at kind of bigger picture stuff than you guys are, and you know yeah. kind of more complicated or specialized thing. I don't get the sense that like it's a secret agency because nobody treats them that way. It's just kind of like oh, you're with the FBI, mm-hmm. okay. Whatever. That's the thing. They're they're or basically they're like with the ATF. It's kind of like if if they found some, security. Like, yeah, if they found some like stash of you know like rocket launchers or something, and yeah. you know like the ATF shows up because like of course they do. Like that's yeah. the sense I get based on context. But I mean, you know, this is a world like if if you go again, if you go with the history of the world, you kind of get the feeling that magic would be something that logically follows would be outlawed and on the fringes of society because you wouldn't want magic to happen again because you wouldn't want to fuck another dark lord coming and destroying the world kind of shit well i mean it's the sort of thing where i mean if it is just sort of incredibly rare and only like a handful of incredibly powerful people like is the president of the united states an elf you know you kind of, you kind <laughs> of get the feeling he must be but i mean you don't get any you know kind of I mean, it's like elves rule the world. Well, it's hard for me not to think that they're basic. Like the elves are like magic Jews, right? You know, mm-hmm. like in this yeah. sort of 
racist conception of the world, like all the bankers and all the like powerful people and behind the scenes are all elves. And the reason they're all powerful is because like a large percentage of them can use magic. And so the other thing about like the way that these kinds of films treat race, right. Is that using like elves and orcs and stuff as sort of stand-ins for ethnic groups is sort of a clever, like, kind of Star Trekian kind of thing. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we can talk about race by talking about orcs and not make it about black people. And, like, therefore, we can kind of say things we can say otherwise, except this film doesn't do that. But once you've decided to do that, your whole metaphor is that then there really are, like, physical differences between orcs and humans. Yeah. And therefore, your sort of analogy breaks down. You're kind of setting up this reality where, you know, it really does make sense to sort of have different rules for orcs and humans because orcs are much stronger than humans, for instance. Right. And you know, a large percentage of elves can be magic users. Although, I mean, a really clever writer could could kind of subvert that by going, well, the reason only one in a million humans can uh, use magic is because, you know, we've got it ingrained in our society that only a certain tiny percentage of humans actually try, right? You're right. Because Elves have like gaslit everybody into thinking only they can use magic. You know? <laughs> I mean, the real subversion at the end would be if um, if uh, Jacoby was a magic user, right? Like, that would be the real like you know. That would be more interesting. Yeah. Um, later on, we learn this is a, a fog tooth uh, hangout, kind of a party, <laughs> uh, and uh, this is apparently you know like the big part. Like everybody's welcome. You know, yeah, regardless of your race. Just don't bring any guns. No, no. This and, is the uh, uh, this is just like the alien nation bar scene where you had like uh, human women converting with male newcomers and vice versa and all that right. sort of stuff. Like, but this sets up kind of the big sequence at the end. I mean, basically, these guys are just walking around. They know they're being chased by this gang, and they just wander into this club. Like, I totally get. <laughs> Why uh, the uh, pe- the people of this party are pissed? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like, although it's it's kind of weird. I don't I don't know if this is actually a thing where there there are clubs where like uh, white punk rockers hang out with gangbangers in the same club. I don't know if that's necessarily a thing. No. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a neighborhood thing, like a kind of a might be, yeah, much smaller kind of. I mean, I know that there are, um, you know, some of the, uh, some gangs will uh, kind of do these sort of outreach things and uh, for for a marginalized community. So I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to kind of grant it like a certain yeah. amount of leeway on that. I mean, I just don't know. But uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just tired of thinking about this element of the film. <laughs> and, like this action scene makes no sense. No. I don't understand what's happening on screen. It's too dark. There's too much stuff going on. Yeah. It's too quick cut. Um, you know, you got no sense of where these people are and what the no fucking geography is. I don't, I don't know what just happened there, except no. like some people fought and there was some gunplay and it was just, and you can play that as just sort of like, Oh, it's kind of generically chaotic and it's fine. You know? And yeah. I, and I'm willing to just kind of take it as that, but it's also, okay. You just wasted three minutes of the film you know, doing this and a whole bunch of money yeah. on a sequence that went nowhere. <laughs> elves are elves sniff stuff a lot in this film. 
Yeah, and apparently uh, orcs apparently have really good sense of smell, but maybe yeah. the elves don't, and that's why they have to kind of reach in and sniff. Or they're know. just perverts, one or the other. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Beard to John Goodman here, still uh, MVP on, on the, uh, yep. you know, what a shit show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he's, he's like he's speaking for the audience. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I think that's why I like him. He's the, he's the only person who seems to be like actually following the audience around in terms of expectation <laughs> of like you know, like look at the sad look on his face throughout the he, entire movie. He, he's, he's carrying just, the burden of this film for everybody watching. <laughs> he's just kind of wandering through. He's definitely a, uh, you know, he's just waiting for the end the same way we are. Like <laughs> in an hour and a half, guys, it's all going to be over. It's fine. Don't worry. Been twenty years that they've been hunting Layla, and it's like, yeah, it's been twenty years we've been watching this movie. <laughs> and what? Listen, they've been chasing her for twenty years. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I mean, again, even just the story of the Inferni and the like, the cops chasing the Inferni. Again, much more like these guys are our, our, our heroes in this film would then just be like a little subplot happening off in the corner mm-hmm. of what's a much more kind of involved narrative about you know the magic feds chasing after this uh criminal elf gang yeah um i keep wanting to just call tika lilu Um, (laughs) she's almost i mean and this is this is where like by this point they've been through a couple of shootouts together she should absolutely just go yeah hey by the way guys i speak english it's fine yeah by the way we we need to get shit on board here we we don't need to draw it out for another hour we we should we, we should don't. probably get to the to the root of the plot here we are now with 55 minutes to go so we have now been following the uh the uh hispanic gang has been chasing them for uh 23 minutes something like that uh did you did you notice uh, the 17 um, 17 minutes so did yeah, you notice ahead. the uh the hooker who has the uh third uh eyelid I did not notice that. That's a that's a callback to Men in Black. Oh. <laughs> she she blinks Will Smith. That's cool. Uh, that is that is cool. Um, yeah. Again, this is too dark for me to kind of uh, really follow what's going on. I can't even I can't um, even enjoy the naked dancers. It's like it's that bad. Well, and they're supposedly you know like orc dancers, and they're sort of like sexy orcs, and and again that could be something that's kind of interesting and sort mm-hmm. of a. a, a a window into the, who the people are in this world and what what the place of orcs are, but uh, because it's just sort of generic, we're just walking through and we're just going to titillate the audience for thirty seconds. Um, you know, again, it's it's sort of overstuffed. Um, yeah. Uh, another, I will say something nice here. I do like the uh, I do like Poison's little speech here. Yeah, I like. Um, I think it's <laughs> the actor's doing what he can. He's kind of doing the crazy eyes, you know, thing. Um, yeah, he's, you know, like he, he sells being like an infirm kind of push to the edge of crazy kind of individual, you know, like the the guys, the guys in a wheelchair, he's shitting in a bag, you know, and his whole life is kind of obsessed with maybe getting out of this situation. Right. And I mean, you justify, I mean, even just the idea of like sort of a gang leader in a wheelchair is sort of a like. I'm grading on a curve here. It's sort of a progressive move for a film yeah. like this, you know? And to sort of then make that be the justification for, like, I need this thing because I intend to get to fuck my wife again one day, you know? Right. 
I, you know, I, I feel for the guy. I honestly, you know, I'm kind of like in that moment, like, all right, I'll, you kind of wonder about the, again, a more interesting plot thread we could be following. Yeah. You kind of wonder about the dynamic of that gang. Like, yeah. What what is it that he has over this gang that makes them follow him? Because he's in a wheelchair. He's not he's not a guy who's going to be like threatening or beating up any of the guys in his gang. So there must be some sort of like uh, he's fam- he's got to be like the mastermind, right? He's yeah, got you know like you know some. <laughs> and so Will Smith is literally like, "What you want to die here? Let's just give him the wand, and then like two seconds later, okay, fine. fine, fine, let's just die. Let's just die. Yeah." Fine. And now uh, Tika's kind of like she's magically sensed that the other elves are around. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, 52 minutes to go until, and we're about to kill all the, so 20 minutes of just that one plot point of we're just chasing. Yeah. Uh, they, just, they just splattered a bunch of dancers against glass. Yeah. And this probably is the best action scene in the film. Um, yeah. Because it's less gun focused, it's you get more of the martial arts stuff. Uh, it's still kind of slightly incoherent, but mm-hmm. I sort of like the dynamics of it. I like the way she like shoots that guy without looking at him. You sort of get a sense of what the kind of capabilities of the elves are. You still yeah. don't get if they, this is like all the elves are this good, or if this is just sort of inferny ninja training, right? But, uh, you know. It sort of works maybe, on its own on its own logic, you know. Yeah, you got to give a sense like maybe there's some sort of magic enhancement or something going on here, right? And uh, anytime you see uh, somebody taking down a SWAT team, you know, all right, I like that. Yeah. Okay, you know, it's good. I like I like the bald one who's basically just uh, <laughs> he's basically just from the Hitman video games and the Hitman <laughs> movies. Is pointy ears. Yeah. Now he's buying stuff at the gas station. <laughs> they just they he just bought a couple of beers and they're just gonna go drink it in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that little Asian guy, his store's about to be destroyed. He, yeah. his life is over. He you know, he didn't he wasn't he didn't ask for this. No. Oh man. Is he just pouring alcohol? On, yes, yeah. he's just pouring alcohol on it. Yeah, so you know you're a real man. He's got mm-hmm. like you know open wounds. He's just pouring straight rubbing alcohol directly on it. This is a uh, this is supposed to be the Bruce Willis pulling the uh, glass out of his feet. Yeah, and it's just yeah. it's so cliched and it doesn't work unless you're Bruce Willis doing that in that movie. Well. It works for Bruce Willis doing that in Die Hard because like he actually it looks like it hurts. Because mm-hmm, he's, he's not Superman, there. and yes. he's and uh, again, Lilu here just uh, she's she could explain this. She's yeah. just you know, but she's just she's just content to be obtuse and do weird elf shit while while right. these two are trying to well, figure shit out. You know, she's just she's just a girl. The men are talking, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and clearly the screenwriter didn't think about it any further than that, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, this is probably the one moment where I sort of buy the relationship between these two, just in this one scene, mm-hmm. I sort of get like, they're actually, you know, he has the line later, like we're, you know, we're partners, you know, and that's, and that's the thing that matters. Right. You know, um, 
and it's a cop movie cliche, but it just sort of like if the whole movie had been uh, as as at least as direct as this, as sort of honest about what it's doing as this, I would I would sort of buy it more. Um, and and I think that that's completely Joel Egerton sort of like selling it because yeah. I buy that he's kind of going through an emotional experience. I think Will Smith is just kind of lost. Um, he's just kind of coasting. Yeah, but. This is this is probably my favorite dialogue scene in the film, which is tough choice, right? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, you got so much to pick from. Why, why is why is Elf Girl confused by the fucking hand dryer? Why why is she touching it like she's a fucking alien or some shit? Is that a hand dryer? Or is that I thought that was just a no. It's, it's the hand blower. The you hit the button and the hand blower is above her. Yeah, and she was she was looking at it. She was like moving her hand back and forth from it before she went to the graffiti oh, okay. on the wall. Maybe, so it's maybe like, they don't have hand dryers in Elf Town. Maybe they only I have just, like those super high tech ones, you know? Or maybe, maybe they just they have, have like magic radiant hand dryers. Or maybe have, elves don't have to take a shit ever. So No, <laughs> they don't have assholes. They just Yeah. <laughs> they just fucking, magically all their all their fecal matter just magically disappears from their system. But yeah, it, it just looks like remember that chick from the fifth element? Let's make this chick do that it's same kind of so, stuff. Oh yeah, and oh man, is Ah, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't, again, I don't blame the actresses doing what she's asked to do, you know? Like, uh, it, it, is, it is sort of one of those, like, it, it's it's entirely on the conception and script level. Hey, um, yeah. And Will, Will Smith just said the, probably the smartest line in this film, you don't want me as a friend. No shit. No one would want you as a friend. You're a fucking dick. <laughs> I, lo- I love that, it, like, a tall boy of Budweiser is what... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go drink a tall boy of Budweiser in the bathroom while you know you, you know while we call your while we call your one Hispanic friend. You know, yeah, at least it was a natty daddy or something, so it's not too stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's the sheriff? So, like, I know that there are like jurisdictional issues between like county cops versus you know, and so there are. uh, I don't know, like maybe L.A. sheriffs. Cruise yeah, around know. and respond to calls, and I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna throw up my hands. I'm just gonna send it kind of. I'm just gonna give it this one. All right, yeah. I'm just gonna give it this one. Um, but <laughs> again, another more interesting character, our our Gomez or whatever his name is, yeah. uh, who asked the right question. You know, like I hear you killed some cops. You know, that's the chatter. Oh, I've got a wand. Like, he's sort of doing the right thing here. He's, like, the one honest cop because he's not part of the LAPD. Okay, I'm with yeah. you. Um, and they're just going to kill him in two minutes. <laughs> oh, you, you know what he is? He, he's he's essentially uh, Sylvester Stallone in uh, what the fuck is that movie where he's a cop? And then oh, Rob, Cop Robert, Land? Cop Land. He's, he's, he's Sylvester Stallone in Cop Land. Yeah. <laughs> again, again, maybe a more interesting lead character we could have followed mm-hmm. around. Um uh, the only thing that Gomez does in this film, he has he has the line, "Yeah, we Mexicans still get shit for the Alamo." That's yeah. one thing. The other thing is, he handcuffs our protagonist so that we get a more interesting action scene. Yeah, and I would argue not really all that interesting an action sequence. No. Actually, I think no. this is probably the it's, worst one in the this film. This is the worst one. Yeah, we went from the best one, which was that sort of ninja stuff earlier, to the worst one, which is what we're about to see. Um. Also, 
So both of these people are talking on cell phones. Mm-hmm. And then the Inferni, like, cut into a wire. And then both of them <laughs> lose cell phone service. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense on a landline if one of them and they were like uh, it's just like it's, it's magic sort of one line of, it's it's magic it, you know the elves just know exactly which line to break you know it would even make sense if uh, like they were just cutting all the power and suddenly right. you know like they wanted it so badly they were willing to like put like a quarter of the city into blackout or something you know yeah. but well, no we, once well, we, we need- have an axe in the right place, and then like both of these people lose cell service, and that's yeah. It. What we need is Gene Hackman from the conversation to fucking explain <laughs> this shit to us. <laughs> no, what we need is uh, Angelina Jolie from Hackers. Right there, you go. <laughs> to solve this problem go. for us, you know. Also, again, with the strength of the orcs, which uh, again we're about to see demonstrated for like the right. one time it becomes relevant. Like, don't would they have like special cuffs for the orcs? Yeah, they they must. How, right? how, how the how the fuck would cuffs hold an orc if he could lift a car? I mean, it would have to be. I mean, you know, you'd have to have like like the super, um, you know, like the plastic cuffs, but like super heavy ones, you know, right. or something to that that's like unbreakable. I mean, even if you wanted to do something interesting, you could even do like, oh, they're like enchanted or something, you know. So that yeah, you know, like like you could kind of sell some some reality to this. I mean, it would be like a little world building moment where mm-hmm. you know, like you could. Man, can you imagine if you just had little details like that strong throughout the film? And <laughs> yeah, actually, like, actually make this the, make the sense. history of this world and like demonstrated <laughs> that somebody thought about this for longer than the time it took to just physically type it into a word processor. You know, yeah. Um, there goes, oh, he's there dead. Goes. I don't know if his name was Gomez. Gomez, but he's dead now. Yeah. Um, so Tika, even now. It waves the keys in front of Will Smith instead of saying, "Oh yeah, I'm going to unlock you now." Because yep. she still will not speak English. Oh god, the sequence okay. is bad. This is so awful. This is this was watching this sequence the first time was the moment where I said, Okay, you and I have to do a live commentary on this because <laughs> we have to just it just explore how terrible this action sequence is together. So <laughs> again, Ugh. a scene that worked the the pushing the gun over to the uh, the good guy, uh, a fifth element moment, and uh, mm-hmm. the old like I'm gonna throw uh, wiper fluid into the face of the 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 villain um, in order to blind them. I don't know, classic classic action movie beat. Um, yeah. I don't know why we're going back forward and backward in this uh, little enclosed there's, space. There's, there's too much happening. Like this is both the biggest goddamn gas station ever and like the smallest at the same time. And it's like, not, like well, we don't really even get like an establishing shot. No. Like, the way you like kind of sell this is you you do a master where everything yeah. sort of happens so that you can kind of cut back to it and give like visual space to it, right? But instead. It's just sort of like this cut up sequence of like stuff happening. Like I don't know why I don't know why this guy's shooting out the, the window. This, I don't know why he's still in the car. I don't know this, this isn't a corner store. Like there there are there's a frozen food section by the looks of things in this fucking place. Uh, like it's it's there, big enough to be a fucking grocery uh, store. 
And apparently, like a, a magic propane tank that just mm-hmm. <laughs> or a bug spray or something. I don't know, like what he's supposed to be aerosol cans. I mean, it's over quickly. I'll give it that. Yeah. And uh, apparently, again, we completely like miss. I mean, you know, Joel Egerton, uh, you know, the orc just sitting on the front of that car and just <laughs> bashes his head like eight times into like freezers and shelves and all kinds of yeah. shit. Yeah, and Will Smith and getting just, crushed well, but not dying. Yeah, uh, elves on fire. Yeah, that's the second elf on fire. Elves apparently, or at least magic elves, can just uh, be on fire. And uh, yeah, it's just an inconvenience. Much, yeah. You lose your jacket. That's it. Yeah, lose my jacket. And you don't even get like you know the way to do that would be you know like oh I was on fire now I took it off and now I'm shirtless and now I'm going to do some like super cool kung fu or something. You know? Right. So it doesn't even like sell that moment for anything. It's just sort of like you know, I would I would kind of buy the elves more if they didn't have guns. If it was just like kung fu, yeah, you know, if it was just martial, like it, it like you you could sort of buy the uh, at least it'd it would be, the, be more dynamic. You know, it'd be this like, uh, ancient esoteric order that's almost like akin to like a martial art or something like that. Right, exactly. You know, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Elf or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're doing all the wire fucking moves, you know, jumping yeah. to the trees and shit. I mean, not to say that wire foo is uh, like the height of, uh, you know, sort of martial arts sophistication. But uh, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, do it for real, you know. Yeah. Uh, we missed the Shrek reference. So Shrek exists in this universe. Yeah, how that happens, a, I don't fucking in a, know. In a universe with real elves and real orcs. <laughs> and what, what, Shrek what, is real. What, what the fuck is Shrek? Is Shrek the analog for Song of the South or something? Like, <laughs> yes. Gosh. Um, I I like this character. I like this. Uh, again, something that kind of makes no sense the mm-hmm. more you think about it. Like, but it does kind of a give us a larger world because he mentions he used to be a bus driver in Miami, and then he came to be a criminal underworld, the leader of a criminal underworld gang in Los Angeles. So, yeah. That's kind of a lateral move, you know, for being a bus driver <laughs> in Miami. You know? It's kind of a, a little a different kind of career opportunity there. Um, Mikey the Elf apparently only realizes who this guy is, like, after when they're about to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you kind of get shots of him looking at him and, like, it's cool, like, the one orc cop. So maybe, like, you told your dad about it at some point, yeah. you know? Um, and so blooded orcs have uh sharpened teeth, have have full teeth, as opposed yeah, to round teeth. They even call him a round tooth at one point. But yeah, even that. like the little kid has short has longer teeth. And so, like, is it just like you're allowed to sort of grow in the fangs? You don't have to round them if you're blooded. I assume. Or is it like some like thing that it just sort of happens once you're in a I don't you know. Like it seems like that would be like sort of a a mark of maturity. Like right. like you know, like you're allowed to grow a beard once you're uh once you're one of us or something like that. Like it's a marker of like but like most of the orcs we see, like I think all the other orcs we see have full teeth. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't look at the at the kids. Maybe the kids don't. But so it's like a question of like, did Jacoby like actually file down his teeth so he'd fit in better in human society or something? Like you know, right? Or, or like it, like if he's like it's like it's a mark of shame for him that like is this part of his daily routine where he has to file his teeth down every day? Right? Because well, like, when they're in El- they're in Elf Town, they have that scene where they're stopped at the intersection and the uh, limo driver looks at him. He like points to his teeth. Like what the fuck, dude? Right, and like <laughs> the here in a minute we're gonna get the basically it said you know you didn't give up the name under torture therefore mm. you're probably worth being blooded like that's what it takes to be blooded yeah. you know <laughs> and yet everyone in this world is blooded so I kind of think that there's like either you can do something heroic I think this is implied in dialogue at some point or like if your like father is blooded, then you can be blooded. Right. So it's so yeah. like, it's like inherited quality, you know? So it's sort of like almost like a, like a sort of like a knighthood or like a, a lordship it's, or something. You know? It's, it's fucking Klingons is, is what it is. House of Moog, <laughs> that kind of shit. You know, I'm, I'm clearly overthinking this, um, <laughs> but, you know, again, uh, the orcs beat the shit out of these guys. If they were nearly as strong as they're supposed to be, you know, now Will Maybe Smith is Will Smith is a pulp. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Maybe they were going easy on him, you know. Uh, but I mean, you know, again, another thing you could do with uh, proper world building is like you'd have to go easy on him, right? Right. Like you'd have to like say like you know no, just give him a love tap because he can't take anything more. And then you could see Will Smith being a super badass, taking even the love tap would be like super painful. But like you know, he's powering through it regardless. Well, I mean, Will Smith commands twenty million a contract or whatever, so he he's probably got a clause in his contract called the "Ah Hell Nah" con- clause, <laughs> where he doesn't get that beat up. Yeah, well, you know, I'm actually surprised at how far they go. I mean, I think he actually spits blood here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, there we go. I mean, it's it's kind of surprising. So, did they not search these guys? They're like, where's the wand? No, I don't think they did. Like, this is the dumbest criminal gang Well, ever. at the same time, to be fair, you can't really touch the wand, so... Well, a dude with gloves. Like, I mean... Yeah, you know, I like, guess. Like, it's not, it's not that complicated. The wand is not exactly something... <laughs> it glows, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. And apparently she's got it hidden in her sleeve, I think, is what we... Like, she pulls it out of a sheath that's, like, in her... In her oh, it's in the fanny pack or whatever. Yeah, like... I don't oh, know. No, like, it's not in there. It's it's not in there. They've moved it out of there, and I think she pulls it. I, I remember earlier. I think she's smiling because she has it. We in the audience, like, yeah, we're on board. She's got it. There's gonna yeah. be something happening here, right? You know. Oh, they got a hole down to the center of the earth with lights all going all the way down. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know that's something. Who lights and those candles? I mean, I sort of get if this is like this sort of like religious, um, like something in orc religion, just sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's like their central hub or something, you know, yeah. like it's their big church. And I mean, Catholic churches do this, all, they've got candles all over the fucking place, you know? So right, right, I don't know. Right. I just sort of buy it as a bit of production design. I mean, it's not something that I'm going to, you know, stress about, but there is like, you know, so what they're like elderly, you know, orc nuns. Like <laughs> they must have tunnels going down behind the uh, openings there, so they can actually light them. Otherwise, the logistics of lighting those candles is pretty problem 
just and maybe they have maybe they have like a lamp lighters but in reverse, you know, where they're like uh, there's like some implement where they can reach down and light them all with uh with some like extended uh see if if it was a elf pit. Then it makes sense because yeah, they just have magic. So they can just like presto change, lights go on or whatever, you know? No, they just like flip down there. They've got like this Jimmy technique where they just like go down there and like <laughs> light them all with, uh, you know, cigarette oh. lighters. Like they light them all from the top and then just hurl them into position because they're just so good. Yeah. I kind of wonder how it <laughs> this works. This is supposed even... to be. This is supposed to be like the big, like emotional heart of the film, and I like so don't give a shit. Wet because, fart. Yeah. Um, well, and this is supposed to be the moment where, like, you know, Jacoby being a good cop pays off, right? This right. is the moment where, like, oh yeah, you saved this kid, and so therefore, like, hi- like that. All you have to do at this point is go. You saved my son. You actually did the right thing, even when it costs you something. Therefore, you're one of our clan. That could have been the moment right yeah. there, right? Like, instead, like, no, I got to kill you because we need a special effects sequence here. Yeah, and we've got to, you know, sell the the moment of a uh, Tika you're revealing she's a bright, which she actually did an hour ago, but right. nobody noticed. <laughs> it's like no suspense. It's like, well, I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> This is this is the Stephen Moffat moment where you know, <laughs> we kill a lead; they're dead for thirty seconds. Yeah, and uh, we're supposed to feel really sad. Yeah, no, kill Will Smith, then bring Jacoby back to life. Yeah, yeah, it's in her. I think that's. I think it's Ugh. implied to be her other sleeve or something. Yeah, so that wasn't glowing through her shirt or nothing at all. It's just, you know. Maybe, it, uh, I don't know. And then I've never of course seen she it gets, turn off. She gets sick. Like, you yeah, know, the, the, the cost of doing this is that, like, it takes a bunch of her energy and then they have to take, which, again, we don't see this happen with any other magic user, so it doesn't really no. make any sense. But, I mean, if she's supposed to be new and maybe she can't control her mana flow or whatever, I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's just, it's just. But it's like, another one of those things of, like, the way that you you have to have rules for how magic works. Or else mm-hmm. the answer to every question in a story like this is, well, why don't they just use magic for it? Like, yeah, you know, I, why why don't the magic feds have access to magic? Yeah, like, they should because they have tracker. to combat it, right? Is there not a tracker spell? You yeah. know, like is there not like can you not just track these guys with magic? Like, if not, why can't you? Is that just not something magic can do? Or, yeah, so, so they're waiting in an office for most of their time for some sort of magic thing to happen somewhere across the country, and then they have to go there. Like, what the fuck? Is there no, like, teleportation? Is there, like, again, <laughs> like, once you introduce magic into the universe, and once you, and, and without giving it any kind of, like, rules or any kind of, you know, mm-hmm. like, this is the way it works, suddenly none of this makes any, you know, on a, on a larger scale, like, you know, why did it take 20 years to track down uh, Leela or whatever her name right. is? Because, like, you know, hypothetically with magic, they can just, like, poof her out of existence from, you know, space or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, obviously, Max Landis never played D&D. Or if he did, he only played it once. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, uh, Shadowrun was deeply involved. Like, yeah. this is, uh, people were people were kind of joking around, like, this is Shadowrun the movie. 
Um, although <laughs> I think Shadowrun sort of justifies its uh, background a lot better. Again, by yeah. making it Los Angeles. You know? Yeah. People people who wrote D&D actually made it fairly logical. You know, there's rules. There's actual rules to D&D. Well, because you actually have to sort of balance player classes and you have to sort of, uh, you know, balance the idea that like some characters in this universe can throw magic fireballs and some can play a violin. And uh, those two characters have to be sort of of equal power, at least relatively equal, Um, which, you know, is world breaking in and of itself. But, uh, you know, it sort of makes for a better, you know, it has to be designed. Whereas there, again, I don't want to keep harping on it, but there are no rules to the way magic works here. So it just sort of, you know, whatever. No, uh, fifth element girl has the uh, black veins of death on her face. Yeah. And I just noticed that like, they actually like sort of grow as she's sitting. Yeah. So nice little effects work there. Um, reminds me of Willow from Buffy, the vampire slayer when she turned evil and she started having like black veins in her face. See, this is all exposition you could have given us an hour ago. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to do any of that other stuff. Look, we could have had an actual movie. Yeah, if you told us this to begin with. Now we're getting near the end of the movie. You know, I I, w- I want to see the movie where all those white robed Inferni just like make out. Honestly, <laughs> that's yeah, a better sure. movie. <laughs> well, I mean, the uh, the sexploitation version of this. I mean, mm-hmm. it, any any other version of this is better than yeah. the version we actually see. Now Will Smith and fucking Jacoby here, they have to fucking sit here and pretend like what the fuck we didn't get this like an hour ago. <laughs> Well, Will Smith, I believe, didn't understand it, but like you know, <laughs> Jacob J- 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 clearly just been leading him on the whole time. You know, he's yeah. he knows more than he's hiding his power level. He he knows more than he's saying. <laughs> no, this this should have been instead of doing all those chase sequences. This should have happened at like the end of Act One, yeah, and then you know we spend a movie of like these three kind of going on this adventure together. Where they're are trying there, to hide are the there really acts in this film? There, there are no acts in this film. Because yeah, no, it kind of this, 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 this begins and ends, and in the middle, shit happens. Yeah, and uh, it's mostly uh, meaningless action sequences and uh, vaguely racist talking about racism and then every, overt racism. Yeah, because everything, everything in the middle is so interchangeable. Like you could have those scenes sort of stacked any sort of order you wanted. So there's really no acts. It's just all kinds of generic shit in the middle that could happen anywhere in the film. I mean, look, look, let's, let's, let's be honest here. She could have been injured when they found her. Mm-hmm. And then she says, Oh, there are these magic pools that are connected. We could have left directly from, they got the wand to now we're going to the magic pools. Makes a lot more sense why she wouldn't say shit early on if she was injured. I there's no like and then like we're going to go heal uh uh what's her name I keep forgetting the fucking character's name we're gonna go feel we're gonna go heal Lilu here yeah. and uh Mila then we get into then we find the plot which is you know yeah. suddenly we've got like the cops are after us and all that other thing you know like the elements are here for like a decent movie if you wanted to do it yeah. it's just like we we've. I hate that we've even like talked through all of it because like, I'm just sitting here going like nothing about this plot does anything of value. (laughs) I think we might be in a prophecy. Maybe that's something you should have said like an hour ago. 
And I gotta say that prophecy must be pretty <clears throat> fucking deep because you got the early credits there where it's like seven sixteen or something. The Dark Lord shall return or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck. It's like what's the rest of the goddamn prophecy? Yeah, I mean, like talking about sort of biblical prophecies makes sense in a in a movie set in our world because you know we kind of have a general sense of what biblical prophecies look like Mm -hmm. but we don't know anything at all about the religion of this world is christianity a thing here are there churches do people just sort of belong to the orc religion Uh, you know (laughs) there's no there's no kind of context what is the role of prophecy here you know um in our in our world you know african-americans you know um you know, follow, uh, you know, liberation theology was, was born out of American slavery Were mm-hmm. the orc slaves is the, is this sort of Jirak lives mythos? Is that derived from the sense of the orcs is, uh, this oppressed underclass and this oppressed race? Yeah. Uh, these are all questions that a reasonable writer would have attempted to answer, or at least not presented as possible questions. Well, yeah, it's just so many weird, like real world stuff that still has clearly happened. That is just totally directly in tune with our world. Like the Alamo happened. Would, wouldn't the world be drastically different where maybe the Alamo wouldn't have happened at all? Like what the fuck did orcs fight at the Alamo? Like Santa Ana employing elves? Like what the fuck? Like I don't know. Like it's so stupid. Are there are there uh, Italian men in orcish makeup in spaghetti <laughs> westerns made in the sixties in this world? <laughs> Italian men in blue face? Is that something that happened? Like you know. <laughs> God. Does Star Trek exist in this world? Real? Yeah. Are there, are there are there orcs on the Enterprise? Oh, did they have I the mean, episode Trek where exists, instead of it was right? instead of instead of Frank Gershwin, who was half black, half white, he was half orc, half elf instead. In in in. <laughs> God damn! What does academia look like here? Are there are there like you know departments of elven studies? Yeah, like are, are are all the professors like elves with tenure or something, or like it's like elves and humans, and there's like you know, and uh, like a bunch of orcs on the on the football team. Is that <laughs> it just there's there's too there's too many <laughs> questions that you open up when you do it this way. It's just so stupid. And not you know I, we're kind of like poking fun at the idea of even asking these questions, but again. Mm-hmm. This these are things that are sort of implied by this world. Well, you know, I mean, I, I don't think I, I, I assume that, a, that is that the answers to these are at least a hint of sort of like what the larger context of this world would imply things about the story that we're seeing and possibly give insight into the characters. Yeah, like it's not that we're trying to be pedantic about like oh we want to see what spaghetti westerns look like in this world. Yeah, but it's, I want to know what the history of these of this world is so that I can understand what the film is trying to say. And the real yeah. answer is the film isn't trying to say anything except like we spend a lot of money on orc makeup. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I assume you sort of had the same thoughts here when you were watching is just, you're getting so bored and fed up with this, how dumb this is that these questions just naturally come to your head because you're trying to like entertain yourself like with something. 
Well, the action sequences are so, I mean, I hate, this is so generic. I mean, it's, it's kind of brutal. I kind of like how brutal the, the action is here. Like you sort of get like this sort of hand to hand combat. I like a lot more than the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the sort of frenetic gunplay we, we saw earlier. So I'll, 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 I'll kind of give it that, but it's so generic at the same time. And it's uh, like, there's no sense of sort of finality or uh, climax or uh, character or anything, you know, to like, oh, she's dead, although she's yeah. not. No. Like, somebody shoot her in her head right now. This is going to yeah. solve some problems later on. But, you know, even even our elfin, even our Lulu character doesn't, you know, say, like, she's probably not dead, guys. Yeah. <laughs> she's the least helpful character in this entire film, really. Because all she needs is a paragraph of dialogue to like basically solve all their fucking problems for them. This is what we need to do, and we need to do it now. Okay, we can get on top of this. Now I'm going to be a little obtuse and just string you guys along for two hours so we actually have a film. <laughs> it's uh, it's what Roger used to call the idiot plot, where you know everything in the plot would be solved if everyone in the, in the film wasn't an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I like this kind of tree of life kind of thing here. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's there's some nice design here, and um, I kind of like. Oh, look, I mean, she's got the nice she's got the nanites. Too. She's got the nanites from uh, batteries not included. They're repairing her. <laughs> I like the the sort of the combination of the fantasy or the fantastic and the mundane. You know, mm-hmm. where she's sitting on the inside of a refrigerator and there's like like dripping ketchup and stuff, <laughs> and then. Uh, you know, sort of the the magic effect at the same time. I sort of like that that idea, um, and the yeah, idea that sort of like claymore mines and these pools exist in this in this tree of life thing. It's yeah, just, look at this magic semen pool that he's dipping her in. I could, I thought about the uh, the pools from Wanted, like the healing pools that. Oh uh, right, like, right. Anytime, anytime, anything bad happens to you ever, you know, you can be tortured for like three weeks, and then you know, just take a dip in that, and then you're fine. Yeah. It's like the Lazarus Pit from Batman with Raz- yeah. Rachel Ghoul. That's so- one hell of a vibrator. <laughs> you know what she's doing with that on her off time. <laughs> Literally earth shattering. <laughs> hmm. Okay. What are they? Sp- I always think they're about to make out. Yeah, like, like and the, whenever, that was obviously what you're trying to sort of set you up for here. Like, hey, they're about to kiss, guys. This this is a very male gazy kind of. Even uh, with the uh, the the girl who was the heavy metal album cover earlier, like mm-hmm. when her face comes up to her, I kind of think like, oh, it kind of looks like she's she's like caressing her face in this kind of intimate way. Yeah. I don't want to like say that like that has to be sexualized, but uh, I don't in know. this movie it does. <laughs> this movie is not giving me anything else to think of except like it's no. a bunch of bros going like, "Wouldn't it be hot if like elf chicks made out?" You know? Yeah. What's sexier than an elf princess's sword, Dante? Yeah, he's gonna she's gonna lick her ear. Come on. <laughs> now fucking Will Smith got his fucking ice pick here, and he's. Oh fuck! He's doing he's dragging himself along with the ice pick. 
I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised he didn't say, ah, hell nah, it, at some point in this film, because it just seems like it was set up for him to say that at some point. Well, and the orc, you know, like, like, uh, just, he, he's kind of left the movie a little bit, like, yeah. just sort of hang him from the, you know, and again, he should be strong enough to just, like, pull himself up, like, he, like, wouldn't it be interesting to see, like, orc versus elf fight sequence, where the yeah. elves are, like, super, like, acrobatic, like, ninjas, and the orcs are basically the Hulk, right? Right. You know, wouldn't that be a fun little action sequence we could have gotten to see? But instead we get, like, sub-swordfish level, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, machine guns. Right. We get, we get like, Matrix rip-off machine gun sequences. God, this film wants to be the Matrix so bad, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, in terms of its action, it's trying so hard to do the Matrix. And uh, I... I'm sorry that just sort of occurred to me that it's that it's really it, somebody really liked the Matrix. <laughs> and here, and here's Will Smith saying something that I should have said earlier: shoot her in the fucking head. Oh, well, he's out. He's spent. Yeah, <laughs> that that's what he says whenever he uh, gets done masturbating as well. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, do I like how her, her finger, her finger, holy shit, it's his bone in the end. I do like the idea that he thinks he's just going to kill everybody. Like, he's just like, well, you know, I'll die, but you're going to die too. Yeah. It's fine. You know, like, there is, you know, you got to kind of like that sort of element of self sacrifice. Although there, that doesn't really, that's really not set up earlier when a character touches a wand and just blows up themselves. Well, uh, no, when he, when the guy, the, uh, the guy, the Latino gang guy, like he, uh, he touched the one and killed like four other people. And oh, I did he? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they literally have a line where like, I think we're breathing them in now. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not <laughs> yeah. just like it, it blo- it's not like it just sort of destroys you. It like kills everybody. So maybe you're a bright. <laughs> you can touch the wand. Maybe you're a bright. Maybe. God. This scene yeah. takes about five minutes longer than it than it needs mm-hmm. to by any stretch of the imagination. There's no reason this scene should do this. Youch. And apparently one line, one magic word is all you need to uh yeah. do that. <laughs> maybe 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 let the orc get the girl and you should take the yeah. wand yeah because you can touch it <laughs> yeah just calm down you just dropped a nuclear bomb the magic feds are definitely going to want to talk to you now yeah they, they might have something to say about this and this is the moment where I think uh, Jacoby gets blooded, right? Because he comes yeah. out and, he th- and then he go like they see him go back in to save his partner, mm. and that's supposed to be his like self-sacrificing. Yeah, like, although thing. he although he he essentially did the same thing when he fucking stood up for the dude's kid in the alleyway. Sort of the same idea. Yeah. 
No, I mean, that totally should have been a blooding moment, right? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, he's done a bunch of heroic shit in this film. Much more than fucking, you know, Ward has. Yeah. Will Smith's done jack shit this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically just... He's basically just... He's- it racially insulted Jacoby throughout the entire thing and been a dick. Yeah, it's just like let me be a dick, but kind of a charming dick. And so you yeah. know, because I'm a movie star. <laughs> this this sequence takes so fucking long. <laughs> yeah, we don't even get like the sequence of him like running in to get Will Smith. Also, like if he's tough enough to sort of like uh, take like. 18 hits to the head with a car is he can he not just walk into fire i mean i don't know i hate to keep asking like really basic questions about the physiology of the orcs but like their, their skin looks know. thick enough I and mean, it seems like he should be kind of like hellboy you know just kind of mm, be vaguely yeah. fireproof you know or or at least i mean resistantly like, like i don't know the film implies so much about you know like that these are like sort of like different races that have different abilities and yet it just forgets about anything like that. Yeah. If we didn't have that one shot of the orc lifting the fucking car and then, you know, him lifting the other orc into onto the fire escape, you know, you could sort of, yeah, uh, yeah that, that shot actually of ruins it, the rest but... of the film when it comes to the orcs. It's like, okay, you, you set up a rule, but it wasn't really a rule. It was just a visual gag. Yeah. Maybe it was just that orc. That one orc was <laughs> he, he he's actually a superhero in this world. He's like super orc. <laughs> it's it's really it's a it's a uh hidden uh message for us to think that there are special orcs out there. He's but the, they are so yeah. beat down by their economic uh status that uh this super orc is actually just gonna be an auto mechanic or something. That that orc was the Jessica Jones of this world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the sequel is just gonna follow that guy. Right? <laughs> he's a he's he's a private detective and he drinks a lot. He he, he drinks he drinks a bottle of Jack every night. And, yeah, um, you know, he has, talks, sex, he has sex with Luke, Luke Cage. Yep. yep. <laughs> no, that's the thing. That's the thing. And there's a magic user. There's a magic user who has the ability to make anyone follow any word that he says. Yeah, and he dresses uh, in purple. So he just does, he dresses in purple and. uh that would have just, just a, as much originality. I think. I think we just wrote some fanfic. We just wrote a bright TV series. It's probably going to be a smash hit on Netflix. I think. I think it is interesting that this isn't a TV series, right? Like, yeah. it seems like this really. Because when I first saw like the preview for this, I thought it was going to be a TV series, and then when you're like, wait a minute, it's just like a two-hour movie. Like, it seems like you're selling this kind of larger world that maybe... I don't know, it's like Alien Nation, where, like, the film doesn't work, but, like, the that's, TV series might. That's the thing. I, I could see this it, working as a TV series. Yeah, they didn't, learn the, they didn't learn the lessons from Alien Nation, the movie. No. They, they, well, the they didn't learn lessons. It. They yeah. didn't learn any lessons, really, you know. There are lots of lessons yeah. they failed to learn, but that's one of the lessons. Max Landis I thought it would be cool to write a script based on Alien Nation with orcs. So, why? So they know that Will Smith is a bright here? Is that what we're gathering? They should know. And that's why they've got, you know, the, like the art, like the, 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 the stormtroopers behind them, like defending them from, 
Yeah, this guy who doesn't even have a wand. I mean, and the magic feds are the only people questioning him. And but I they mean, tell this bullshit story that's clearly just these two actors riffing, which yeah. makes no sense tonally. I don't like. I don't know. Like this. This. I don't. I don't think it, in my rewatch because I have rewatched this film a couple of times, but I think I just stopped it before I rewatched <laughs> this scene. I was like, I don't care anymore. I'm done. I have officially finished the plot. I mean, this, this is, is the lethal weapon, the buddy cops covering for each other bullshit. Right. But Which, it makes no sense in context because the, the the two magic cops should know that Will Smith is a fucking bright. Like, it should be goddamn obvious. Yeah. Well, and they should, they should have, I mean, they should have just figured out, well, even if they just figured out somebody was a bright, I don't know, like... <sighs> John Goodman I mean, don't I'm, need to take this shit. He'd be just like... <laughs> We're we're the magic cops. We're can, fucking taking you in. Can, we just, can we just follow? Can we not have Will Smith in the sequel? Let's do the TV series. No Will Smith. We get Jacoby joins the magic fits. Mm-hmm. And we just follow these two guys and Jacoby as like the new recruit. Even Jacoby and John Goodman. Yeah, those two guys frumping along, <laughs> being <laughs> magic feds. That's what I want to see. I would rather see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be so much better. Yeah, with uh, the Lilu character as our, uh, as our, as like the, the Chloe, right? You know, sort of like doing the like magic uh, sci-fi stuff in the background. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you know, she's uh, she's finding the bad guys. You know, like I have divined that uh, they are on Fourth Street in Washington. <laughs> it makes about as much sense as having computers with that degree of magic power. So you know, this is this is all terrible though. I this don't want scene, to this scene. This scene still. It's it. Like this scene yeah. is still going on. I am I cannot bullshit long enough to get us through this scene. It's supposed to be funny and enduring. That's why it's supposed to justify its length, but it's no, it's not. And this is a this is a dark film. Like this is I mean, there's yeah. some moments of levity, but this is a very dark you know it, there's, ending. there's there's yeah. a real bad balance between the comedy and the actual serious drama shit in this too. I mean, the way to do this would not be to do this. If you wanted to kind of end on a note of, you know, kind of levity, have it be between our leads. Just have a scene of the two of them, like, bantering about a little bit and showing imagine, that they like each other. Imagine they've if gone Shane, through this and they've grown. Yeah, imagine if Shane Black had written this. Shane Black would write a so much better version of this. Yeah. Imagine now, you know, with this kind of a ending sequence where they're they're getting medals, I mean, it's also like L.A. Confidential again, you know? Yeah, yeah. Imagine, you know, Brian Helgeland had written this. Imagine mm-hmm. anybody, but like fucking Max Landis had written this. That's really the lesson we should learn. Not yeah. Max Landis wrote this. Max Landis had the idea, said, hey, why don't we do like, poli- like buddy cop movie with orcs? And then somebody else wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, Shane Black, Shane Black would have done a really good version of this. I, I like yeah. that idea. <laughs> Straight off of directing Iron Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> For, to be fair, writing and directing Iron Man 3. And then he goes on yeah. to do Bright. All right. Movie's over. Yeah. I have to watch this again. It's done. And this was the first Netflix original movie to have a sequel just put 
put pin the paper before the deal for the, was was even completed. It was like before this was released. Yeah, we're gonna make a sequel as well. So yeah, fuck I this. thought that was just based on like that it was really popular that a lot of people watched it. So they said, "Oh yeah, we'll just no, we'll do." The, the deal was second movie was already signed before this was oh. released. That is. They did, the the people at Netflix saw this and said that's obviously so such a high level of quality, such yeah. a great film. Oh damn it! You know this is. You know, usually when Netflix does the, uh, you know, <laughs> the film goes into a corner and then the thing that it wants me to watch, I don't mm-hmm. want to. I want to watch the credits or whatever, switch something else. Now, I'm like anything else would be better. What's it giving? <laughs> what's, what's, it, what's it? What's it giving you right now? It's giving me Adel Karam live from Beirut. Apparently a uh uh stand-up special, which is actually probably is not terrible. So He looks he looks like a happy guy. He looks he looks like he should have been the lead in Bright as opposed to Will Smith. He, anybody he apparently his stand-up talks about uh colonos- colonoscopies. Another more pleasant thing to watch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if we're going to be up someone's ass, please let it not be Max Landis's. Yeah. (laughs) And on Uh, that note, I think think we should wrap this up. What do you think? We should. Uh, Anyone who actually watched the movie along with us, uh, wow, you're dedicated. I'll give you that, man. Uh, Kudos to you. We never have to watch this again, and hopefully you will never watch this again. If you disagreed with our opinions of this, please let us know, and we'll definitely discuss it in a future episode. Please. But um, I would, I would actually, I, I have heard from a couple of people who actually like this. Um, yeah, and uh, mostly really awful people. Like the one person I know personally who actually enjoyed this uh, is like right wing libertarian shithead who just really likes Shadowrun. And just sort of <laughs> took it on that level, you know. And yeah. that's sort of the okay. Well, you liked it because, of course, you're, you because you have no absolutely no taste in film and don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. So that's fine. But if people listening to this actually did like this, and I mean, you know, Lindsay Ellis, I, I'm going to recommend even if you've listened to all this, I think it, it would be worthwhile to go into uh, Lindsay Ellis's video. Bright yeah. Bad. Um, it's an excellent. Uh, video it's an excellent like analysis of the film and gets into some of the details of the stuff that we just kind of made fun of yeah uh i don't agree with all of it but it's it's really worth your time um but she has the line you know if this is your trash i'm not going to complain about it and if this is your trash if this is like i know this is shit but i kind of like it anyway i'm not gonna like i don't care enough to argue with you i'm certainly not gonna argue with you over that but uh this is not good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is the, at the top of my 2018 worst list let's put it that way yeah same here <laughs> so uh well we'll wrap up now hopefully we will not do a worse film than this this year <laughs> I, I i can't foresee it it would have to be something really bad but yeah um thank you everyone for listening and uh we'll be back with some dorothy malone stuff in regular episodes something much more interesting to talk about oh yeah definitely yeah next 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 time next week three dorothy malone films yeah after that maybe some hume cronin i don't know we'll see yeah we'll see either way it's going to be a total palate cleanser from 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 bright and i and i total change of pace from the 80s sci-fi movies so uh enjoy Yeah, goodbye, guys.